What is up, everybody? My name is Michael Ponerero, aka an optional quest on Twitter, hopefully PSN soon. And this is the Bros and Consoles podcast. Now, you may be wondering where's Nathan? Why isn't he hosting? Well, if you've lived under a rock for the past couple months, um, there is a virus going around. And it's gotten to the point where most people are quarantining themselves in their house. Um, so, and when I say most people, I mean that's because they have no choice. They're, the work got closed or um, it's just not safe to go around right now. So me and Nathan are self-quarantining ourselves right now. Um, so we're not going to be able to record it together. Um, we tried doing a video thing, um, like a conference call thing, but there were some technical difficulties that didn't really pan out very well. So we're going to go back to the old, um, if you remember, the old um, single hosting episode. So I'll do one week, Nathan will do another um don't know how long it will last probably as long as this um quarantine does um that could be a couple months could be longer no idea but as of right now and for the foreseeable future the next couple weeks or month or two it's most likely going to be single person records or episodes um so yeah you have me today to take you through the the deep dive into video game news and the industry and the deets on what's going on. Um, uh, to start off with, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can um, email us at brosandconsoles.gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at an optional quest. You can follow Nathan at the Indie Ronin, or not, correction, at Indie Ronin on Twitter, not the just Indie Ronin. Um, and yeah, if you have any concerns or anything or comments or questions, send it our way and we'll get back to you as soon as we can, hopefully in the next episode. Um, but yeah, um, I do want to um, make a correction for myself um, from last week where I was talking about the artwork for Castlevania and how I said that it was the same as Metal Gear and Final Fantasy, um, that is, that was incorrect. There are three different people. <clears throat> so Castlevania artwork on the cover artwork, the cases and, and stuff like Symphony of the Night, um, Final Fantasy artwork, the cover art, and then the Metal Gear cover artwork, all by different people. So I was wrong there, but they're all, they all look very similar, kind of. All cool in their own way, though. So I just want to get that out there. That was my mistake. Hopefully there'll be no mistakes this episode. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to jump right into it. And we're going to start off with what I've been playing. Or as Nathan goes, what you've been playing. Didn't do very very well there. So, sorry Nathan. <laughs> um, so this week I've been playing one, two, three, four games. Um, first one I'll start off with was SteamWorld Dig 2. And I've played this game before at multiple times here and there. Um, but I sat down and said, you know what? I'm going to really dig deep into this one because it was fun. It's basically a 
uh, how would I describe it? Almost not, not a Metrovania, but just like an open world like digging thing where you're digging down underground and collecting rocks and upgrading your gear and stuff. But surprisingly, the game's really short. I did not expect it. Um, about four to five hours. Because um, I was playing it for a day or and a half. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. The story's good. Characters are good. And then it just ended. I'm like, oh, this is the final boss. I beat the final boss and it was over. Didn't collect everything, obviously, because I tend not to do that. But beat the story. Found most of the places. But it, overall, it was, it was a... Fun, fun little game. I'm trying to remember how much I spent on it. I want to say it was like around ten, maybe maybe less, because it might have been on sale. But definitely worth worth a check out. <clears throat> um, I never played SteamWorld um, Dig One, so I don't know how well it compares. Um, but I've heard good things about SteamWorld Dig, um, so I might have to check that one out later. Um, my next one I played was Hollow Knight, and as you know, this is my favorite game of all time um and i also i have it on the switch and the ps4 so i played both versions um still haven't beat on the switch yet but i could there's how would i say it? there's still things i need to get to beat the final boss now I, I know i've said in the past i've gotten everything but there's other things i actually need there's a charm called unbreakable strength and that helps you <clears throat> get more strength and more damage done when you do your attacks I still have to get that, and that costs Geo, which is the money in the game. Um, I think that and one other charm is the last thing I need, because I tried going to the boss, fighting him without this stuff, and I got destroyed. Okay, I didn't get destroyed, because I could I dodged pretty well, but I wasn't doing real much like of any. I was doing damage, but I wasn't. It was taking forever, and I I couldn't last with the dodging because I'm not quite good at it yet even though I put like 60 hours plus in this game. Um, but I also played it on the PS4, um, getting some trophies in that, um, going through it again. It's, re it's really cool to play it again to see if I remember where to go and what to do and stuff. I've noticed I do remember, but there's some times where I'll get lost. I'm like, oh, wait, I remember this place. I need to go back and go this way. And it's cool that like these little um, like places that triggers like a memory. I'm like, oh, I know where I'm at now. But yeah. I'll eventually beat on the PS4 too, hopefully, um, in due time. Um, and then I jumped into <clears throat> another game on the PS4 that I forgot I had was Dishonored 2. Now, I played Dishonored, the first one, a while ago. I think when it actually first came out. That was maybe like four or five years ago, something like that. Um, but played that and enjoyed it. Loved it a lot. I'm not a huge fan of like stealth games, um, but I do enjoy them every now and then because I like hiding and I like trying to do it. I'm not very good at them, and I tend to just like run through it and stuff. But I was like, you know what, Dishonored Two, I've heard good things about it. No, actually, like mixed reviews about it. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it. Um, jumped into it. I played it for the past three days, and I beat it. And man, I forgot how much I love this world or series. Um, something about like the Victorian-esque gothic atmosphere it has. Um, the story is super intriguing with the, the um, what's his name? Is not the Overseer. I can't think of his name. Something along the lines of Overseer. 
but the main guy who gives you your powers and stuff. He's still like a mystery, and and this time you can either play as Corvo, which is the uh, main character from the first game, or you could play as his daughter, um, Emily. And I picked Emily because I played Corvo in the first one. Um, and the story is really cool. Um, the ending's not, I would say, as impactful as the first one. Um, it kind of falls short a little bit. It wasn't really like a boss fight at the end. There kind of was, but you could like work around it, which I did. Um, I should preference this. There's two ways you could play the game. You can go in the sneak mode, which is <clears throat> low chaos. You're knocking people out, like making them unconscious and stuff, not killing anybody. Or you can go the uh, chaos route, which is like you're just going in and murdering everybody. I leaned on the low chaos. Like there's some people I killed here and there. But most of the time, I would knock people out and sneak around, which was hard at times for me. Very hard. Um, but like I was saying, the the ending, there wasn't really a, a boss ending. Like there kind of was, but like I said, you could work around it. Um, but overall, the game was great. Um, I know there's a DLC out for it that I I don't think I have that I want to get because it's I think it's a not a sequel, but like a continuation of number two little bit with a different character but it's it's super intriguing to me and i definitely want to try it out but now the last game i played um was a good old game that came out a couple days ago called animal crossing new horizons now this game could have not come at a better time everyone's in their home not going out so they need something to escape from and animal crossing does the job it is literally a slice of life in a video game. You're living your life on an island. You have residence. You're building your house. You're paying off your mortgage. You're building your island up. You're making bridges. You're making stores. You're making furniture. You're fishing. You're catching bugs. You're planting trees. You're literally doing slice of life stuff. And it is fantastic. My sister's playing it, my friend Adam's playing it, his girlfriend Corianne's playing it, a bunch of other people on my friends on Switch are playing it, and it's so good. The music's great, the art's good, the character customization's much better than it has been in past games. You can, the, the one thing I do like, that I've always liked about Animal Crossing, you can work around it, you can like speed up time, like you can go like days in advance so you can unlock things. But it bases um, um, its time on real time. So it figures out what time it is there and then makes that the time in the game. So if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, say you're in Oregon, it'll go to Oregon time. And so when it's nighttime here, it'll be nighttime in the game. And when you like upgrade your house or upgrade a store or build a bridge or um, new people are coming, it, um, it takes... A day to do that like real-time daytime or sometimes two days so you can only do so much in a day well you can like like gather resources all day and stuff if you wanted to but you won't be able to go into the new museum or the new store or see your upgraded house until the following day in real time which I always thought was cool and you can't speed up the time in this one which is sometimes you would I would do like at the GameCube and stuff and I know some people would do it all the time, but this time you can't. You can't speed it up. You have to wait the actual day for things to um, open up and stuff, which I think is cool. 
home. But I will be playing this game every day for the foreseeable future because it's just so good. And there's so much new things in it. New events are happening. New people are coming. I'm unlocking new things every day. It's it's great. It's it's what I need and what most people need right now. Something to escape into. And Animal Crossing basically does that. Um, but yeah, those those are the four games I've been playing this week. And you know what? We're just going to jump right into the news with the Propinion Report. Beautiful. I won't do the the other part because that's that's Nathan's and it's the Price of Rights Price is Right song. And I don't want Bob Barker coming to my house and suing me, <laughs> which she probably won't actually. <laughs> anyway, um, this week I have two news stories, kind of big ones you could say. Um, the first one is from GamesIndustry.biz from Brandon Sinclair. Um, now, there was earlier news this week that um, GameStop was not closing their stores, as most other stores are, because only grocery stores and hospitals and I think pharmacies are open in most of the United States and the world um, because of, I don't want to say world, but most places are shutting down because it limits uh, social interaction. So social distancing is what people need to do right now. Um, But GameStop basically said um, that, or not said, but earlier this week, it was reported that on a memo sent to GameStop employees telling them that it would exempt them from government shutdown orders because it qualifies as an essential service. So basically, the CEO or the executives of GameStop saw themselves as essential because people were staying at home. So it's like, oh, what, what are they going to do at home? They're going to play video games. So they were, they were going to say, we can still be open because we're essential to what's going on right now. And if, like... Um, Law enforcement came and saying you can't be open. Um, the executives told the GameStop employees in this memo also to say that we can, and if they have a complaint, they need to. Um, the law enforcement need to bring it up with the executives of GameStop. So basically, they were they were opening their stores still, even though they were told to shut down. And in my mind, GameStop is not essential service there you're putting your customers at risk your your employees at risk even more for being open at this time and it just doesn't look good but with all this backlash that was coming their way rightfully so in my mind um they basically have said now that all u.s gamestop stores closed except for curbside pickup so i'll go into this article GameStop has shuttered all of its stores in Canada and is prohibiting its U.S. stores from letting customers in the door due to concerns over the novel coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. GameStop's subsidiary EB Games Canada announced its countrywide store closures after receiving criticism for long lines of customers looking to get their hands on new releases, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Doom Eternal. 
Quote, this is not an act of good corporate citizenship, Toronto Mayor John Tory told the CBC after dozens of people lined up down the street at downtown EB Games locations. Quote, no disrespect to that business, but they were asked to close down if they were not essential businesses, and they chose not to do so. It didn't take long for the company to reconsider. Quote, we wanted to let you know that EB Games Canada will be closing all its stores effective of business Friday, March 20th. The company said Friday night on its official um, Twitter account. Quote, like many re retailers, we will continue to monitor COVID-19 closely with a commitment to open again at a time we feel both our team and customers are safe. Um, EB Games Canada added that it would continue running its online storefront and ship orders to customers. GameStop followed that up with the Saturday night announcement that it would close off customer access to all its U.S. stores effective Sunday morning. Those stores will still allow curbside pickup for customers who place their orders online. At the same time, the company also said that it will pay U.S. employees whose hours have been eliminated, elimin eliminated for two, week two more weeks at their normal pay based on their average hours worked in the past 10 weeks. Beyond that, it will reimburse benefit eligible U.S. employees for a month of their portion of benefit expenses, and all U.S. employees have been told they don't need to work if they aren't comfortable doing so and should stay home if sick. And basically, they go on to say, our priority has been and continues to be the well-being of our employees, customers, and business properties, GameStop CEO George Sherman said. We have been steadfast in our adherence to the CD. CDC guided safety and local government orders for retailers in each of our communities. So, you know my take on it. It 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 seems super sketchy that that they had to. The only reason they're closing their stores now is because of the backlash they received from keeping them open. GameStop has not looked good for the past couple of years, and. In my mind, this just shows that they're willing to stay open to get as much money as they could, which maybe means that they are real close to like going bankrupt or something or even closing entirely. Like it, it does not look good for GameStop, and this is just another, another piece of, of the pie that just makes it not look good. You don't want to eat this pie anymore. GameStop's pie is not good. <laughs> It's a weird analogy, I know. But my question to Nathan is, what do you feel about this? Do you do you do you also find this sketchy from GameStop, or do you do you find it um, a good? Do you feel like they were going to close down their stores eventually, or do you think the backlash helped and pushed them towards this closing their their stores, and? Another question on top of that, do you think GameStop will last much longer? You don't have to say, like, they're going to close this year, but do you think, do you see them being a staple in the video game community for much longer? Um, but yeah, not, not, not a great look from GameStop in general, and I feel like the past couple uh, episodes we've done that talked about GameStop, it hasn't been good news it never really is for them. Um, but yeah, that that was my first story um, about GameStop. But my next one was news that came out later this week. 
or no, around the same time, basically, but kind of better news, I guess. Um, it was about the PS5, and Sony lays out more PS5 details. By this is an article also by GamesIndustry.biz by Brandon Sinclair. Um, Mark Kearney talks about the promise of the system's 825 gigabyte SSD and Tempest 3D audio tech. Offers details on backwards compatibility and expanded storage. Now I'll go into this. PlayStation 5's Arc system architect Mark Kearney today delivered a presentation on the road to PS5, talking in detail about Sony's philosophy in putting together the hardware and some of the specs it believes it will be key for developers and players alike. Kearney began his talk by laying out three guiding principles Sony followed in designing the PS5, listening to developers, balancing evolution, and revolution, and finding new dreams. That's more than three. That's okay. On the first principle, Kearney said that he makes he makes a point every couple of years of touring roughly two dozen developers and publishers around the world to find out what they want out of the new hardware. The most requested feature he heard from was one of the first Sony revealed when it announced the PS5's a solid-state drive, SSD, for storage. Kearney talked about the PS4 hard drive, saying, quote, boot times and load times can get pretty grim. On the system with the developers able to load about one gigabyte of data in 20 seconds. By comparison, the PS5 can load two gigabytes in point, point 0.27 seconds. That's real fast. Um, basically, I'm not going to read this whole article because it's real long. And the, the, the press conference or the the video they Sony put out was very detailed and stuff. But basically, they talked about the SSD and the tech behind the PlayStation 5. And they also went into the big thing that, I, in my mind, that stood out to me was the, um, where is it? The backwards compatibility. Now, um, we there's been rumors in the past about, oh, man, um, it's going to be, uh, um, what's it called, uh, PS1, PS2, PS3, they're going to have everything, but it doesn't look, okay, I'm not going to say it doesn't look like, but it's going to be hard, at least for the PS3, and I don't even know about the PS1 or PS2, um, but there's also the PS4, and they talked about, or Kearney talked about that, and you basically said, um, where is it? On the topic of evolution and revolution, Kearney said that Sony wanted to add new features and improve the efficiency of development. But at the same time, it was important feature to feature backwards compatibility on the PS4 with the PS4 and provide environment familiar environment familiar environment for developers. There you go. To that end, Kearney said it was important that all the system's new features like ray tracing and printer shaders would be optional. And as for the backward compatibility, the PS5 GPU has the ability to run legacy modes for the PS4 Pro and standard PS4. PS5 backward compatibility will also allow some PS4 titles to run in a boosted mode. However, some titles won't won't work won't simply work at boosted mode and testing on those is being done on title by title basis. Kearney expects, here's the important part, almost all the top 100 PS4 titles to be playable on PS5 systems in boosted mode at launch. Now, there's confusion behind this. And Sony later clarified, basically saying they believe that most PS4 games will be able to be played on the PS5. 
they've tested, uh, I think, I don't know how many they said, but they tested a lot and they all work or the ones they've tested, most of them work. So basically they're saying we'll be able to play most of the PS4 games on the PS5. I don't know if they said it at launch, but eventually to the point where we'll be able to play them all on the PS5. Most, I said all, most. And I think that's the biggest point for me. I didn't really expect PS1, PS2, PS3. In my, in my mind, I wanted it. It'd be real nice. But the big thing is if I could pay, play PS4 games. And it looks like we can. And that's a big thing for me. And I know Nathan is he's more... Um, he's not more he it's it's more intriguing to him about this like tech stuff about the the ssd and all this stuff that kearney went into and he'll appreciate that more but this was the thing that stood out the most to me now my issue with all this is how do i put it now there's people online who were upset about this this conference or this video they're saying it's too boring. The way Sony's releasing these things is very weird. It doesn't make any sense compared to what Xbox is doing. And I agree with that. It's the way they're showing PS5 things is very, very strange. This this video conference, I know there's people that were said this was supposed to be the CDC thing. So that's why it's very tech heavy. But the way they 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 showed it and really talked about it. And they really haven't shown anything else other than this. They haven't shown what it looked like or what games we're getting, really. So this is this is weird to, to have this highlight a lot of their stuff. Um, but on the opposite, opposite end, when Sony posted that they were going to do this video, they said it was going to be tech stuff and behind, like, inside with the PS5. The tech is inside the PS5. They didn't say anything about game releases. They didn't say anything about what it's going to look like. And they didn't say anything about video games. So people expecting that in this video and then getting upset doesn't really make sense to me because they basically said this is not going to be an announcement video. It's going to be an inside depth look at the system itself, like the inner workings. So that part of me, I'm like, I don't, I don't, see why people are too upset about that because they didn't really say much but then on the other end or didn't really say much but they didn't they they said they were going to talk about much other than the tech stuff on the opposite end though it's you want to know what it looks like you want to know what the price point you want to know what the games are going to be and they haven't released anything really on that topic yet and it's almost april so it's it's understandable why people are getting frustrated with sony because their approach is not not great looking right now, to be honest. Now, my question to Nathan is, what do you make of this video or um, presentation? Better word for it, the road to PS Five. What did you What did you make of it? Did you enjoy it? Did you also think that it's weird that they're they just talked about this and didn't show anything else? Are you upset they didn't show anything else? Or are you satisfied with what was shown? Or did you want more? I'm curious to think what you thought of it. Because I'm sure you probably watched it. As it, as did I. But I wasn't paying too much attention because it was a long video and very tech-savvy stuff that 
goes over my head. But yeah, let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, that that was the big the big thing for Sony this week, and hopefully, in the future, in the future, hopefully in the foreseeable future, the next couple months, we'll get some kind of reveal of the PS5, just to know what it looks like or anything, anything that we can grasp at, because we we know a lot of the Xbox. We know, we don't know really say, but we know what it looks like. We know what some of the games are going to be, but we, we want to know what the PS5 is. That's all we want. So hopefully that comes soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's the two news stories I have this week um, for the Bro Opinion Report. But you know what? If I didn't want to talk about tech stuff or like console stuff, I just want to talk about games. And you know who has good games? PlayStation has good games. Also, they have good games, hopefully, releasing this week. Hopefully. <laughs> and you know where we can get that information? We can get that information from the drop. And the entire list of upcoming games on the PlayStation Network, as listed by Brett Elston, not Justin anymore. Well, hopefully, he'll come back. Brought to you by the Bros and Consoles co-host each and every weekend. So, this week for the drop, oh, no, 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 correction, I read that wrong. It is Justin Massengill this week. Welcome back, Justin. I'm sorry, Brett, but our boy Justin's back, and he does good work. <laughs> so, Justin's bringing us this week, this this list this week, and it's a pretty, pretty hefty list. Um, I don't... I don't, mm, I feel like the G scale is just between when me and Nathan are both here so we can both give our opinions on it. So I'm going to leave out the G scale and see what Nathan thinks, if he thinks that's cool, or if we can do the G scale on these single episodes. So I'm just going to read through these. Um, first one, RFL Enhanced Edition coming to the PS4 Digital out March 26th, RFL Enhanced Edition is a 16-bit era Japanese-style role-playing game. Role-playing game. Take in the beauty of a magical world floating above the clouds, and then take on a menacing race of vampires hidden in the dark. It looks like another <clears throat> anime game, but it kind of looks like a phone game. I don't, I don't know what to make of it because it's just artwork. They don't really show anything else, but. It's an enhanced edition, so must there must be some demand of it. Um, <laughs> going to the next one, Dissection, coming to the PS4 Digital. I don't remember how I got into this house. I only know that I need to quickly find a way out because something terrible is walking around and looking for me. Avoid meeting a living, living corpse and find key items to progress through the game. Find the key to the front door and run away from this house. It's the horror game that looks real creepy. The dude, I he looks like he's de-skinned a little bit. I don't know. It's it's creepy. This is a horror game. I'm not going to play this at all. Maybe Nathan will. Probably not, unless it has trophies. Um, but yeah, it, it looks very, very creepy. Not 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 a great game in my mind. <laughs> 
Next one, though, is Dogurai? Dogurai? Hopefully I'm saying that right. Coming to PS4 Digital. Dogurai is a retro-styled retro platformer with animal-like characters, graphics, and soundtrack designed with old portable games in mind, down to the limited color ranges and sprite sizes. Now, this one looks cool. Um, looks like almost like Mega Man a little bit, like the bosses and stuff. And your guy has like a sword, and it's not in black and white, but it's like kind of like grayscale it a little bit. But it looks cool. You may have to check that one out. Um, next one called Dexels Plus. This might be right like a um, PS4, PS Vita, digital cross buy. Um, run, jump, and dash away through traps and collect all the eggs. Duck Souls Plus is a fast-paced action platformer about a little duck with an incredible skill to dash and a mission, find all the eggs to save his species. Yeah, I, I would bet money this is a writer like a game. I'll have to check that out later. Um, next one, called Element Space. Ooh, excuse me. Coming to the PS... Oh, these burps. Coming to the PS4 Digital, sorry. <laughs> um, year 2199. Assemble an elite crew and make allies as factions of the Galactic Congress grapple to determine a future of humanity's space colonies. In this sci-fi tactical RPG, command Python's squad through turn-based battles, strategize ideal positions to decimate foes in 24-hour, or 24-hour, 24 handcrafted stages. Tactical RPG. Like, the, the artwork looks cool. <clears throat> and it's a space-themed thing. So that's cool, but... You lost me at tactical. Sorry. Um, next one, Freedom Finger. Um, coming PS4 Digital. Freedom Finger is a music-driven, side-scrolling shooter that sends you blasting through 40 levels of crazy cartoon action. Whether you want to chill and enjoy the story or crank the difficulty for a but blasting ridiculous challenge we've got you covered this looks like an adult swim game but i i could be wrong um it above freedom finger it says <laughs> batshit crazy space shooter so that probably is an adult swim game <laughs> um next one mechorama ps4 ps vita digital out march 26 um, guide an adorable robot to safety after he crash lands on a strange cubic planet. Explore each level, rotating it in 3D to see all sides, looking for a way through. Use lifts and slide platforms to get around while looking out for dangers. <coughs> Excuse me. A hundred varied levels through up throws up new surprises. Try your hand at creating your own levels with the level editor. Looks like a puzzle, it looks like a phone puzzle game. Which... It's like a game that you can like pass the time. This could be an, also another ride-a-like game. Could be another trophy game up Nathan's Alley. Um, next one um, called Moons Moons of Madness, PS4 Digital. Moons of Madness is a first-person story-driven cosmic horror game where the scientific exploration of Mars meets the supernatural dread of Lovecraft. As a technician stationed on Mars, you begin seeing and hearing things that aren't there. Visions, hallucinations, is that even what, is that even what it is? Wait. <clears throat> As a technician stationed on Mars, you begin seeing and hearing things that aren't there. Vis visions, hallucinations, is that even what it is? Okay. 
Or are you slowly descending into madness? Another horror game, looks like. Lovecraft stuff is very horror-filled. It's cool, but not up my alley. Um, next one, Odalis, The Dark Call, PS4 Digital. I hope I said that right. The old gods have regotten this land. Odalis, Odalis is an exploration action game and loving homage to the 8-bit genre classics. You play as Haggis, a battle-weary warrior who must wield his sword once more to rescue his son from darkness. Huh. The monsters in the background look really creepy. But it's an 8-bit genre action or genre classic homage with exploration and action. Could be a good game. We'll have to see. Next one. Oh, wow. I forgot this was coming out. One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. PS4 digital retail out March 27th. One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 is the latest evolution of Pirate Warriors action. Based on the concept of experience a real One Piece battlefield, buildings will come crashing down during the action and attacks will throw up smoke and dust, placing you in the thick of the One Piece world. Now these games are like, I forgot what the name is, but you're on like a map and you're just destroying enemies and you have to take bases and beat the bosses in the base. Um, they're fun, like kind of like Dynasty Warriors or Hyrule Warriors or something like that. But I've played three, was it three? Two or three. And they're both fun. Um, the gameplay is fun. You're just hack and slashing enemies and stuff. The lore and stuff is there. The story is there for One Piece. So yeah, this if you like One Piece, this is definitely a game to check out. Um, next one, Onikin, PS4 Digital, coming out March 24th. Um, in a post-apocalyptic future controlled by a sinister corporation, Ninja Mercenary Zaku is the latest is the last hope for humanity. Inspired by the demanding gameplay of 8-bit action platformers, Onikin pits your agility and swordplay against a gauntlet of enemies, traps, and challenging bosses. Uh, it kind of looks like Berserk. You ever watch that anime or read the manga? It kind of looks like that. Like at least the main character and like the monsters and stuff. If it's anything like that, it's going to be very gory and dark. So, who knows? Um, next one, called Paper Beast. This is a PSVR digital. Um, let's see. Experience a dreamlike odyssey through a wild and simulated ecosystem. Take off on an adventure. Take off on an adventure. That's one sentence. Connect with exotic and surprising creatures shape the environment to solve puzzles or let your imagination guide you through an immersive sandbox it looks cool like paper art and stuff like um origami and stuff but it's um vr so if you like vr there you go um oh another vr the room vr a dark matter psvr digital on march 26 the british institute of archaeology london 1908 the disappearance of an esteemed Egyptologist, Egyptologist, yeah, promotes a police investigation into the unknown. Explore cryptic locations, examine fantastic gadgets, and enter an unworldly space with, which blurs the line between reality and illusion. In the room VR, a dark matter. That's interesting. I kind of, I'm intrigued by that. Like, there's history, there's mystery, and it's. British stuff, and I love British stuff, but the, the VR throws me off. I'll have to see if Nathan will want to try this one and let me know how it is. Um, next one, Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. 
PS4 digital out March 26th. I didn't know this was coming out. Oh. The online multiplayer classic comes to the PS4 with trophies and modernized controls. Take the role of a new student eager to learn the ways of the Force from Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Interact with famous Star Wars character as you face the online ultimate choice. Fight for good and freedom on the light side or follow the path of power and evil to the dark side. Online multiplayer. I've never heard of this game before. But if you like online multiplayer, then this might be up your alley. And, and Star Wars for sure. Next one. Twin Breaker, A Sacred Symbols Adventure. <clears throat> a Sacred Symbols. That's a Colin Moriarty podcast. Um, this is PS4, PS Vita Digital. The United States sh- sends generation ships to nearby stars systems to find new planets to colonize. But once in interstellar space, the ship mysteriously disappears. When clues emerge about missing spacecraft, two pilots jump through a wormhole in a story-driven brick breaker in the spirit of Arkanoid and Breakouts. This is interesting, because I've seen Colin talk about this, and he loves Brick Breaker games, and it's cool that he has a game on the on the PlayStation Store. Um, might have to check this one out because I haven't had a good brick breaker in a while. But we'll see. Um, next one, Vampire, The Masquerade. Coteries of New York. Coteries of New York, maybe? I'm probably saying this wrong. I'm probably saying a lot of these things wrong. Um, PS4 Digital on March 25th. <coughs> Van- um, whoop. Vampire the Masquerade, Coteries of New York, is a narrative experience set in a rich universe of vampire. The Masquerade 5th Edition. The 5th Edition. Wow. It presents the struggles for former... Wait. It presents the struggle for power between two vampiric fraction, factions, the Carmilla... Car, Car, Camarilla. There we go. And the Anarchs, bathed in the night lights of the Big Apple. This looks really cool, actually. I Again, it's that 1920s look. It's vampires and narrative. This this actually might be very good. I'll have to check this one out. I'll let you guys know later. Um, next one, oh God. Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. Link Evolution. PS4 Digital. Experience 20 years of Yu-Gi-Oh! History with Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, Link Evolution. Build your deck from over 10,000 cards and take on the most iconic duelist from Yu-Gi-Oh! Universe, from the Yu-Gi-Oh! Universe. Relieve the stories from the original animated series through Yu-Gi-Oh! V-Rains. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know they were still making these games. That's crazy. I had one game on the Game Boy or Game Boy Advance that I enjoyed so much, and I used to collect the Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, but... Oof, that was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Oh, and that's the last one. Okay. Well, pretty, pretty decent list with some cool games coming out. But, you know, if I wanted to play some games that weren't on the Switch, oops, <laughs> that weren't on the PlayStation, but were on the Switch instead, where would I go? I would go to the weekly Nintendo Switch picks. Now, now I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's a, a good amount of games on the Switch this week, but a lot of them don't look very good in my mind. But I got a couple. I have four. First one comes out um, March 23rd at a price point of $4.99 called Rhythm of the Gods. Join the strongest mortal warrior, Lyric, and, and Slide... 
Oh, wait, let me read. I got confused there. Sentence was a little jointed. Join the strongest mortal warrior, Lyric, and slide, jump, and slash who beat the to the beat and please the gods of rhythm. Solve the problems that the mortal realm faces in this auto-running, Greek-inspired rhythm game. Fight a variety of mythical monsters that are cruising that cruising that are causing a chorus of chaos to impress each god and earn your right to challenge them one on one in a battle of rhythm. Of course, keep in time and reveal the god's true tune to persuade them that you have what it takes. So it looks it's a rhythm game, but it looks like um um uh, I was gonna say <coughs> excuse me. I was gonna say like uh what's that one game? Crypt of the Necromancer, but Necrodancer, but it's not like that. It it's like its own artwork kind of feel. Obviously it's own artwork, but it it has a unique artwork. It's almost cartoonish, but like painted cartoons, which is very interesting. And I've been in the mood for like a rhythm game, and it's only four ninety nine. And Greek mythology, Greek inspired, you don't really hear that very often. So check this one out. Um, next one, um, is, I've talked about this one already, Vampire the Masquerade, Quarteries of New York. This is coming out on the 24th, um, original price point $19.99, but pre-purchase sale at $17.99. So I'm going to go in a little more detail about this. This is almost like a, it's not a point and click adventure. It's like you talk to certain characters and you have dialogue and you can answer in certain ways. Almost like uh, Valhalla, the bartender one, or um, Alone With You, or the taxi, um, Cyber Taxi, I think it was called, that came out a little while ago. Narrative games that you're just reading dialogue and answering to what you want to hear kind of things, and watching the story progress. It looks very cool in my mind. I might actually have to check this one out. Um, my next one is... At a price point, I know it. A little early there, Michael. Release date March twenty sixth. At a price point of originally is nine ninety nine, but now on sale for seven ninety nine. It's called Trailer Trashers. Um, it doesn't sound great, but it looks cool. Join up with the f- up to four players in the hectic twin stick bullet bouncing frenzy. Challenge your friends in deathmatch. Last Man Standing, Shotgun Soccer, or Crown Yourself King of the Couch in all-including party mode. All bullets will bounce off the walls, giving you your friends no place to hide. But watch out, since your bullets might end up biting you in the ass. (laughs) There are three weapon types in the game. By default, you carry a shotgun, and every stage has two extra weapon pickups. So this is a couch co-op party game. But it's... It reminds me of a game, have you ever heard Minigore? It was on the phone. It looks like that kind of artwork and design. And you're just going around the stage shooting things. Obviously in this one you're shooting your your um, um, your friends and stuff, whoever you're playing with. But it looks like a cool party game that you can jump in real quick to to see who would win. You know, best your friends. Make them feel bad. Because that's what these games are all about, you know. <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, check that one out. Um, next one. Now, this one, I forgot I had on the Switch, too, but I brushed it off on the PSN drop, but I'll go into detail why this one actually looks really cool. 
Aria Fell, Enhanced Edition. You remember that one? I just brushed this one off looking like a phone game. Well, maybe not. Aria Fell, Enhanced Edition is a 16-bit era Japanese-style RPG by Stego Soft Games. That's a cool name. Uh, the new Enhanced Edition features a slew of upgrades, including a revamped battle system, new character classics or classes, and skills. New side quest and overhauled UI. Well, okay, this is all one sentence. Hold on, let me reread that. The new Enhanced Edition features a slew of upgrades, including a revamped battle system, new character classes, and skills, new side quests, and overall overhauled UI, upgraded crafting system, new enha enchanting system, enhanced aspect ratios, new difficulty modes, and an autosave feature, and more. Wow, that was all one sentence. RFL Enhanced Edition combines the best parts of Japanese-style role-playing games with the best parts of Western RPGs, as including elements of visual novels and adventure games to create a truly unique experience, atmosphere, emotion, and surprise lie at the front and surprise lie at the front forefront of RFL's story-driven story-driven deep by accessible characters, each with his oh, wow. This sentence is just there's one long sentence. Oh my god. Okay, I'm not going to read that anymore. But it looks very pixelated art. Kind of looks like the old Chrono Trigger or Dragon Quests or Dragon Warriors, I think they're called. But it looks it looks like one of those. And like turn-based game, uh, role-playing games, RPG and stuff. It looks actually very good. And for a price of only... There is no price, actually. I just noticed that now. There's no price. Huh. Weird. <clears throat> I have to check to see if that ever comes out. But yeah, that's that's coming out the 26th at some price point. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for the uh, Switch picks this week. But now, since it's just me recording, I won't. I do not have an indie game for Nathan's Indie Corner, so that will just that will be him. But I do have. Good old Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Super Fast Minute. Now, as I was reading the last couple of weeks of the the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that was going to be made in the 90s by MGM and Focuslight, I'm going to continue off and probably finish the plot of what this movie would have been. So let's just jump back into it, you know? Um, where we left off last time... Robotnik was building that amusement park. Okay, here we go. Um, the second act of the story sees Sonic and Josh deliver the bully bots to get clues as to Robotnik's whereabouts. In some good news, <clears throat> his father has gotten a new job. Oh, oh wait, I read this part already, but that's okay. I'll reread it. Only it is with the Shady Corporation who are reopening opening Ramshackle Amusement Park, now named Botnikland amusement park. With Sonic hiding in the boot of Hal's car, Josh discovers ooh, excuse me, that the amusement park is being run by Robotnik, who has hired Hal to use the XRI to create virtual reality ride. The amusement park is a smash success, mainly because kids can go in for free, the candy is free, and so is the ice cream. Wow! <laughs> Every kid in town is lining up to get it, or to get in. But Sonic 
and Josh snoop around the park and discover that Robotnik is using the ride <coughs> and Hal's XRI technology to replace all the kids with Kinderbot Robo-clones. Quote, the real kids are put to work digging under the town, cracking rocks, finding one in a million Chaos Emeralds. Jeffries writes, the perfect angel Kinderbot clones go home with the parents. Robotnik's plan, they learn, is to use the Chaos Emeralds to power the XRI to digitize the natural wonders of the world, like the Amazon rainforest and Mount Everest, which he will then recreate the virtual reality so he can change big money <clears throat> so he can charge big money for the world to see them sonic and josh are dumbfounded they must stop this evil plan josh is scared but sonic tells him that he has to stand up for what he believes in and give it everything he's got what a 90s quote <laughs> there's a chase scene between sonic josh and bully bots and sonic uses all his energy to help josh escape sonic is captured and Josh tries to tell Hal and Lisa the truth about Robotnik, the Kinderbots, the XRI, and Sonic. They, of course, don't believe him. Across the town, though, the Kinderbots return home. Clone kids do everything their parents ask. Eat peas, clean the room, do the homework. The treatment reads, Josh is horrified by the Kinderbots. He knows that Robotnik's evil creation, that they are Robotnik's evil creation. He fears what a terrible world it would be if Robotnik mechanizes everything. In the third act, Josh hatches a plan to get Robotnik back in the game world. Inspired by Josh's, or not Josh's, inspired by Sonic's speech about standing up for what you believe in, as Jeffries describes it, the plan was Sonic was going to be the bait, and they were going to lure the boss back into the game world. What happens is they, is they do that, but the kids get sucked into the game world for act three for the story. There's a showdown between Sonic, Josh, and Robotnik. With the good guys winning and Robotnik getting away to no doubt come up with a new plan to take over the world. The treatment reads, Hal, Lisa, and Josh, Josh step through the, vorf, the vortex, but there's a sad moment when Sonic decides he must stay behind in the game world. He has to be vigilant against Dr. Robotnik and his nefarious ways. After all, that's his job. Of course, Sonic's always got to stop Robotnik. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... The adventure brings Josh, Hal, and Lisa closer together, but Hal decides that the XRI is too dangerous to ever use again, and asks Josh to put it away for safekeeping. Josh promises not to use it again, but notices on his TV screen nearby, Sonic winks at him, then goes about his gameplay business. Jeffrey describes it as a big parting moment where they go their separate ways. Apart from you, apart from that, there's a little back door for a sequel, maybe. So they become friends with Sonic, and they have to go back to their own world. And that's the end. Honestly, I can't see why this game never got, or this movie never got made. It would fit in with the 90s movies that are already out. Very cliche, very corny humor, very corny storyline. And what more could you want? You got Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog too, so that just puts it over. Honestly, I this this I'm glad this didn't get made. This sounds ridiculous, almost almost as bad as the uh, the Mario and Luigi movie or the Super Mario Bros movie with uh, what's his name, John Leguizamo and uh, that other guy. I think they 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 said in an interview later that that was their biggest mistake in their careers was doing that movie. And that's very, very harsh criticism. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's what I got for Sonic Super Fast Minute. And that actually brings this podcast to an end. Um, to just give you more information for the next couple months, maybe a couple weeks. Um, can't say for sure how long it will last, but me and Nathan will be doing solo episodes because of social dis- distancing. Um, we really just can't leave our houses. Obviously, you know why. Um, but I, I'm doing this week, obviously. Nathan will be next week, and I'll be every other stuff. And then um, once I talk to Nathan about it, if we'll be doing the G-Scale and stuff, um, he'll only be doing the NIC, and I'll only be doing Sonic Super Fast Minute. So you'll get both every other week, or you get one of the other every other week. Um, you can find us both at Twitter. Um, mine is an optional quest. Um, Nathan's is Indie Ronin. Um, if you want to ask us any questions, comments, concerns, you can find us there. Or you can send an email to our email address, uh, brosandconsoles at gmail.com. Again, comments, concerns, anything, games you want us to play, stories you have for us, anything will be great. Um, but yeah, that about sums up this episode. I hope you guys stay safe out there. If you're quarant- if you're I don't quarantine is such a harsh word, but if you're in your house and you can't really leave, play some video games. Do your backlog. It's what I've been doing. And it feels good. Getting that monkey off your back, you know? But uh, until two weeks from now, I'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye.